In our previous readings, Deuteronomy 28 through 29, God offers Israel a choice. You can have the life of blessings and joy, or if you choose to disobey God, you face nothing but curses. When reading chapter 30, we see that God is already aware of the choice that Israel is going to make. Deuteronomy 30 verse 1, When all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you. So how does that make any sense? How could anyone like Israel, who is so close to God, choose such a lifestyle contrary to him? How could anyone choose sin and death over the living God? Some put forward the idea that the law and all of its requirements, they're just simply too hard. To be able to follow the law as demanded by the covenant is simply impossible, and God has given Israel an impossible task. But consider what's written in verses 11 and 14. This commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend to heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. The law isn't too difficult to keep. It's not way up in heaven that it can't be reached. It's not so far out beyond the sea that you can't reach it either. It's actually, God says, very near. In your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. But back to verse 1, God already knows that they're not going to do it. You read through the rest of scripture and Israel consistently chooses to rebel against God and abandon his commands. The problem, though, isn't their ability to keep the commandment. The problem is Israel's willingness to keep the commandment. The word heart here is used eight times in this chapter. If you feel the need to double check, just keep in mind that heart is translated as mind in verse 1. So there's the eighth time. Well, God wants Israel to turn to him with all of their heart, to follow with all of their heart, to love him with all of their heart. But there's a problem. We consider last Friday's reading, Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 4, and we read that to this day, the Lord has not given you a heart to understand, or eyes to see, or ears to hear. Despite all the good things that God has done and will continue to do for Israel, he says that they have a heart problem, and that heart problem is what's keeping them from obeying. Just as Pharaoh saw the great works of God but consistently hardened his heart, Now we have Israel doing the very same thing. But not all is lost. Just as God can harden rebellious hearts, he can also perform some radical heart surgery on those who are trying to find him. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6, we read that the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring, so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. Now, keep in mind that this is not speaking of God selectively choosing to imbue some people with good hearts while hardening the rest. The order of operations is important in this chapter. God is going to give Israel a new heart in verse 6, but only after Israel has already turned to him with all of their heart in verse 2. Then the Lord is going to do all these great things and transform their heart. So God's heart surgery isn't for the few that he's predestined. It's for anyone who turns to him. The question for Israel throughout the centuries has always been, when? When will all of this happen? When will we experience this radical heart surgery? Israel was eventually cursed according to Deuteronomy chapter 28. They found themselves in exile. 
But then they were allowed to return home to Israel and rebuild Jerusalem and the temple. Some hoped or even expected that God would work to restore them after they rebuilt the temple, but it never happened. The presence of God never comes into the second temple like it did for the tabernacle or Solomon's temple. Israel is still oppressed and ruled over by a succession of Gentile nations. And the outcast of Israel, they're still scattered throughout the known world. Even in the days of Jesus, the heart surgery God has promised still hasn't occurred. Jesus condemns his audience in Matthew 13, 15, saying that this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they've closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. The promised restoration in Deuteronomy chapter 30 has only happened after the death and resurrection of Jesus. In Acts chapter 2, Peter preaches to a multinational crowd of Jews, hailing from all over the world, about 15 different nations at least. They're all gathered together, hearing the mighty words of God. And after convicting them of the truth of who Jesus is, we read in Acts 2.37 that they're cut to the heart. God had made his first incision. It's through the gospel that our hearts are circumcised. It's through the subsequent baptism and reception of the Holy Spirit that the hearts are truly transformed. Peter goes on to preach in Acts chapter 3, verses 19 through 21, making more connections to the promise of Deuteronomy chapter 30. He says, Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Peter calls on his audience to repent, to turn back to God with all their heart, just as Deuteronomy said they would in verse 2. In doing so, they'll receive times of refreshing, receive mercy in having their sins being blotted out, and find themselves in the time for restoring all things. It's only through the work of Jesus and the Holy Spirit that we see God transforming those who are turning to him. Jesus is not so far off that he can't be reached. He's near enough to you that you can turn to him. And so if you want the promised blessings of God, if you have that hard and stubborn heart and you want it fixed, it's time to turn to Jesus so God can make that first cut.